Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. We'll talk for the next several weeks about foundational things, um, basic things that we assume that everybody knows, yet sometimes we don't. And <clears throat> apologize for my voice, but as you see all this stuff blooming out around here, you can tell why it's that way. Um, we're talking today about an inerrant word, an inerrant scripture. We're going to talk over the next several weeks about eternal security, how once we trust Christ, nothing can ever take us away from that, sever that relationship. We're going to talk about the priesthood of the believer, how we don't have to go, to, no longer have to go to a priest, to a pastor, to a pope, to a, a bishop, to a, an elder even, to access God, instant access ourselves into a holy place. We're going to talk about the Trinity. What's the role of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Are they in equal authority with each other? <laughs> Going to talk about heaven and hell. Are those real places? Uh, and on and on and on over the next several weeks. But these foundational things we assume <clears throat> everybody gets. And though most of us may have a surface understanding of some of these things, most of us don't get in depth all of these things. So I'm looking forward to these next several weeks. I hope you will be too. Turn, if you will, today, though, to chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. We're going to look today at what the scripture says about itself. Now, what you think about it is, is important to you, and what I say about it is hopefully important to all of us. But it's what it says about itself is far more important than any of those things. So look with us, if you will, at 2 Timothy 3. I'm going to pick up in verse 14 and read down through chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Timothy 3, 14 says, But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season, out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers who say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. The four things today I want us to glean from this rich, rich text. First is this, is that the scripture, first of all, is holy. It is holy. From infancy, verse 15, from infancy, you've known the scriptures, which are able to make you wise. Now the word holy literally means to be set apart, to be unique, to be different, to be unlike anything else. And in that sense, the scripture is very much like that. It is unlike any book ever written. Take the, the spiritual aspects away from the scripture and you still have accurate history. You still have a great deal of wisdom, but you engage the Holy Spirit with the book and it becomes supernatural. It becomes something that's 
it is the greatest selling book that's ever been printed and has been the case for years and years and years and is still the case. As I say, on its own, it's great history and great wisdom, but coupled with the Holy Spirit becomes a supernatural, powerful book. Uh, it's, he brings life to it. Uh, and in any and every situation, he says here as well, Hebrews 4.12 says this about itself. The word of God is active and alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, Hebrews there tells us this passage that there's no area of us that God's word cannot penetrate. There's no area of us that God's word cannot speak to, whether it's spiritual, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional, that all those are subject to what the scripture has to say and teach us about. It also teaches us because it's alive and active, it's always at work around us. It's at work in us to correct, to draw us back into, into either relationship if we don't know Christ personally, or to draw us back into restored fellowship. There is no other book like it. There has never been and, and, and will never be. Uh, there's no resource, there's no person, there's no experience that can do what the Scripture can do in your life and in my life. That's why there's nothing that compares to such a holy book. The second thing I want us to see is the Scripture is not only holy, the Scripture originates from God. It originates from God. Look at verse 16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All Scripture is God-breathed. Now this term, God-breathed, the original Greek word for that term is biotos, which means it, it, it all originates with him. So, in essence, by saying that God was not using man to write the scripture, God was taking over man to write the scripture. Huge difference in those two things. If God used man, or the talents of man, or the skills of man, then the talents and skills of man would be reflected in this book. When God comes into a person to take over, when, when, when it is God breathing through them, when he takes over that, 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 that inspired writer, they become, in essence, God as he uses them to, to write the scripture. That's, that's how he wants to, uh, to see this text. So taking the human element out of the equation uh, then comes to the, the origins of scripture itself. Listen to Second Peter chapter 1. It says this, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For... Prophecy never had its origins in the human will, but prophets, though human, watch this, spoke from God as they were carried along by God's Spirit. Carried along by God's Spirit. That's this, this, that's this takeover I'm talking about. As he comes in and his Spirit engulfs man and takes over man to write down the scriptures that you and I have in front of us, in front of us today in, in, in our hands. So, because... All scripture is God breathed, it is all truth without any mixture of error in it, especially in, in its original form. Um, in the original text, in the original Hebrew in the Old Testament, the original Greek in the New Testament, in those forms, it is without error. Now, the translation process should be trusted, and I hope you trust the translation process of whatever, whatever translation you're reading. Um, but it's virtually impossible to translate scripture from the original text. With, without taking some liberties. Let me just say it that way. Uh, the translation process is, it should be trustworthy, but for example, there are six Greek words for the word love. 
English, English language has one. So it is it's virtually impossible to, to accurately convey every word for word, every, everything that's it's in the original Greek and in the original Hebrew. Yet, you can and should trust the translation process and can and should trust that the context remains unchanged. That's vitally important, that you understand the context remains unchanged. So regardless of what translation you're reading today, let me just stop and give you a quick sidebar here. I did my own research several years ago, actually started about 25 years ago, and it's still kind of ongoing. I'm going to give you my opinion from my own research. You form your own, do your own research and form your own opinions. But in my view, the most accurate translation of Scripture there is, and still, still the gold standard for accuracy, is the New American Standard. Behind the New American Standard, probably second in accuracy, in, in my view, is the New Living Translation. Third would be what I teach from here today, and, and probably what most of you have, and that's why I teach from it, is because most of you have it, is the NIV. Beyond the NIV is probably the uh, Holman Christian Standard. Beyond the Holman Christian Standard is probably the King James Version. Beyond King James Version is probably the New Century, and, there, and on and on and on. There are probably 30 translations of Scripture. Uh, but th that, those, those, in my view, are, are the more accurate ones to, to look from. But here's the thing. The best translation for you is the one you'll read. Not the one that sits on the table. Not the one that Grandma passed down that's about this wide, this long, this thick, and sits on the coffee table. It's got Holy Bible written in Old English on top of it. If you read that, I'm pick it up and read it. Nothing wrong with that. But the best translation for you is the one you're going to actually pick up and read. That'll, that you can digest and understand and walk out and live and apply and know and, and remember. So, if you need help with that, I'm happy to give you some help and some direction in that. Happy to, in fact, find the Bible for you if you don't have one. There are some in, in, the, in the toolbox back there, by the way, on the shelves. If you don't have a copy of the Scripture, get, get you one. But you should trust the translation process. You, sh you should trust the, the inspiration process of it. It is truth without any mixture of error in those forms. Uh, it, it, is, it is God directly speaking to you. We, we are such an experiential culture, and, and uh, I, I praise God for what's going on, uh, the revival that's going on in Asbury. You've heard about it, I'm sure, in social media and on the news. And this is not to belittle that in any way. Please don't hear that, uh, hear judgment in what I'm about to say. But many of us are looking for the next experience, the next revelation. And here it is. We've always had it. This is God's word to you. This is God's greatest and biggest revelation to you. It is his voice speaking through the letters on, these, on the pages of this book, or whether you have a digital copy on your phone or your iPad or whatever, whatever you're here with today. This is God's word to you. This is his revelation to you. This is God speaking to you. Now, I trust, <clears throat> I trust you to not dampen the experiential work of the Holy Spirit. Please don't do that. But don't look for the next experience when you, hope, when you already hold it in your hands. Don't look for the next great big word from God when it's already in your hands. It, it, it's there already. It's, it's God directly speaking to you. So the scripture, first of all, is holy. Secondly, it originates from God. Thirdly, the scripture meets every need. It meets every need. Look at verse 17. So that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Ever started the job, not had the right tools to do it. I've done that a number of times. 
I still do sometimes. I remember the first time I tried to lay tile. I was building my house. I hired a tile mason to come in late late my master bathroom. I watched everything he did. I thought, I can do that. There's nothing hard about that. So I decided to lay my the tile in my in my laundry closet, laundry room. And he had a tile break, which is an older tile tool and some snips. So I borrowed a tile break from a guy, a tile guy I knew, and I already had some snips. And I got started in my laundry room. I thought, I don't have the tools for this job. Or the, these, I can't master this tool. So I go buy me a tile saw. The store, a wet saw. Pop the job out, pop the next bathroom out, go downstairs. It's all in having the proper tools. The effectiveness of any job is all in having the proper tools. And what he's saying here is, this is your tool. Don't look for another tool. This is your tool. It's, it's, it, it is God's, God's way of giving us what we need to do, everything we need to do. We need to understand that God never, ever wants us ill-equipped for anything in life, ever. He wants us equipped. That's what verse 17 is speaking to. He says, this book will thoroughly, meaning totally and completely, equip us for everything we will ever face. Thoroughly equip us for every good work. It's the source on what you and I should see about marriage, on what we should understand about parenting, about money, about family, about work, about friendships, about politics, about entertainment, about education, about priorities, about church, also about anxiety, about depression, about addiction, about failure, about death, and on and on and on. It is the source for all those things. You see, Scripture has things to say about it. Sure it does. It absolutely does. It's in there. Now, sometimes there's some search involved, and that's where the, that's where the hunger comes in. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. But it is, it is the source for all those things. Now, and hear this. Don't take my word for any of this this morning. Search it out yourself. Find it yourself. Lean on the Holy Spirit to guide you to, to, to the place you need to go and give you the understanding you need to, to do. I encourage you to, to put it to the test. Test Scripture. Test it every day. Put it to the test and, and search it out. You're going to discover that it, it is an incredibly diverse, it's an incredibly detailed and incredibly deliberate book. Let me say that again. Search it out. Test it out. What you'll discover is an extremely diverse, detailed, and deliberate book specifically for you and for the situation you're searching for and in and about. So dig into it. The more you discover, the hungrier you're going to become. And the hungrier you, 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 you become to discover more, the hungrier that feeds. You, you, you just, the hunger builds on itself. Uh, the word and the spirit that I talked about earlier, this, this perfect marriage, will never, ever sugarcoat the truth for you. It's going to tell you the truth every time. But this book will also never disappoint. It's, it, it will never disappoint. You will always find what you need in it. God will see to it. He will use it every time to speak to you in whatever need that you're facing, whatever question you have about situations in life. It's there. Search it out. Test it to the test. Well, Scripture is holy. It originates from God. And meets every need. Finally, what I want us to see is the scripture, though, is under attack. Look in, in verse 3 of chapter 4. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, 
Instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn away from truth and turn aside to myths. The time will come when people will not put up a sound doctrine. Paul was writing to young Timothy in that day, about today. He was writing prophetically to Timothy about these days when he was talking to him about that day. Because the time was, has come when people are not putting up a sound doctrine anymore. In fact, they don't even want to hear it. They don't even want to be exposed to it. And, and all this from the tolerance crowd, by the way. It's supposed to be so tolerant. Uh, is intolerant of Scripture and intolerant of God's Word. Uh, so what are we to do? Well, look in verse 2. It says in verse 2, to be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and courage with great patience and careful instruction. To be prepared with great, because you're going to have to have it, great patience and careful instruction. How do we do that? Well, first, we don't discount the word. Uh, we don't discount the word and the Holy Spirit uh, by themselves. It's great that you have come alongside books it's great. I'm tickled to death that you're here on Sunday mornings to hear the word. But if this is the only exposure you get, you're going to grow up to be spiritually anemic. You need greater exposure to the scripture than just what you hear on Sundays and just what you can glean from, from, from side channels as well or from, from some TV or radio program. Don't stop any of that. But your time together with the Holy Spirit in this book will, will feed you far more than probably you would get in any of those locations and by any of those other things. There are tools back there in the toolbox to help you with that, and there's going to be more in the coming weeks as well. So, so go back and check that out again and again. Another great resource I want to point, to you, point you to as well that I use every week, in fact, multiple times every week, is BibleGateway.com. Now, they have a membership side where you can pay a subscription, and a subscription is to an incredible amount of resource materials. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of resource materials. I don't, I don't use the subscription side. I use the free side. And it still has a ton of resources for you to, to use as well. But that's BibleGateway.com, and there are at least 25 or so uh, translations there that you can search in and glean from. Uh, great, great resource for you. So use those things, but don't just use them to soak up more information. Use those things to glean the inspiration that you need to walk out what you already know. Let me say that again. Don't use resources just to give you more information. You don't need to be smarter. What you need to be doing is to be inspired to walk out the things you already know. If you're walking out the things you already know, guess what? You know this is going to be hungry to get in this book again. Because you, you, the sponge is going to be squeezed out, and you're going to want to fill it back up. And the more you squeeze it out and fill it back up, the more it's going to bring you back to the pages of this book. It is, it is like that. It's, it's, it feeds us as we feed on it. And the more we feed on it, the more we walk out what we already know. You say, you say Tim, I don't know. I know John 3.16. And I know Jesus saved me as a kid in Bible school or at some camp somewhere. So that's all I know. Can I tell you something? You know more than most of the disciples knew. You know more scripture than most of the disciples knew. And you have the experience of Jesus coming into your heart to change you, to regenerate you, to, to, to give you new birth. That story 
and John 3.16 can change your world. You know enough already. Now, don't stop there. But you know enough already to change your world, the people in your world, by the influence of just that small amount of Scripture and your own experience. But search it out. Seek it out. But learn to walk out what you seek out. Don't just glean information. Don't just become smarter. Become, learn to apply those things as we walk our, walk our faith out uh, and feed that hunger. Look at Paul's example. Paul was an astute, uh, seasoned, accomplished uh, student of the Scripture. He went to the, to, to the top schools of his day. He went to the, to Harvard of his day to study the Scripture, the Old Testament Scripture. And he knew more about the law and the prophets than any, anybody in these churches he was ever writing to. Yet, he doesn't use a bunch of big fancy words. Paul talks simply about a simple gospel and simple obedience to Jesus. He, and he, he knows a lot more than what he's sharing, believe me. But he writes in simple terms because it is, it is a simple gospel about simple obedience to Jesus, and, and he makes it that way. And so that's, that's God's design that you and I keep it that way. Uh, it's, it is a simple book, and, and the more simple approach we take to it, the better. I want to leave you with this. Though. Don't let the enemy intimidate you, to continue to intimidate you about what you don't yet know. Push through what you don't yet know. Search for it. Don't give up. Find some help if you need some help. But don't let the, the enemy intimidate you from what you don't yet know. Push through and, and search for it. And put him in his place. Tell him to stay there. Uh, learn it. And, and, and learn to walk out what you already know. Now, let me wrap by, by this reminder. And I, I alluded to it as we began. All the rest of the foundational things we're going to look at over these next few weeks and that are in Scripture hinge on this one. The rest of the foundational things we're going to look at, eternal security, the priesthood, the believer, the trinity, the immaculate conception of Jesus, uh, the, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, all those things hinge upon this, this being an, an inerrant word and an errant book. There being no mistakes in it, it being all true, altogether true, all the time. They all hinge on the absolute truth and the accuracy of the Word of God. If it's not true, then eternal security should come under question. So, so should the priesthood of the believers should come under question. The Trinity should come It all should come under question. But if it's true, and it is, then we can trust all those things to be true. It's the basis for all we believe and should be the basis for how, how we live. It's the basis for all we believe. You, you think about it. All you know in life, all you know in life has at one point or another, soon, sooner or later, originated from Scripture. The laws you and I live by in this nation have originated from Scripture. The sun coming up in the morning and setting in the evening originated in Scripture. The seasons occurring, Scripture tells us about those things. The attitudes of man the, the, the hate, the love, the relationships, they, they're all there. Scripture has sourced everything you and I know. So the more we understand that, that it's the, the basis for how we believe and should be the basis for how we live. Uh, you've heard this, this phrase before, the truth will stand when the world's on fire. Well, the world's going to be on fire. In fact, we learned that in the last book, the book of Re Revelation. It tells us that the earth's going to be consumed with fire, and it's going to be how the earth is uh, finally destroyed. So the earth is going to be on fire, but all while, while that's happening, this book's going to stand. 
Because this book's the very thing that told us the earth's going to be on fire in the first place. And everything else we need to know. It's, uh, it, that, that, that day is coming, and the word will endure that day. Uh, in a world where you can't trust much, If you're like me, I, I, I question, I'm such a cynic. I mean, I'll just admit it to you. I question about everything I, everything I hear. I question a lot of things I read. I don't take much of anything from social media to be true anymore uh, until I've dug a little deeper and found out the truth for myself. In a world where, where, where little is trusted, you can trust this book every time, every day, in every way, and in every situation. Thoroughly equipped for every good word. Not much can be trusted. This book can. And I encourage you to fall in love with it. To see it as a foundation for all the rest of the things we're going to talk about. Foundation for your marriage. Foundation for your job. The foundation for your relationships. Foundation for your money. The foundation for all those things. This book is it. And I want to encourage you to, to see its value. To hold it sacred. To learn it. To feed on it. To chew on it. To digest it. To, to live it. But more importantly, to walk it out. Walk it out. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we see today our, our own inadequacy as we examine your word. We see it to be uh, an exacting book, and it is. But we also, and we just talked about this a couple of weeks ago, we also see it to be the source of grace. And as you pour grace over the life situations that we face day in and day out, it is your word that tells us that that's possible and that's doable and that's even available. So, would you cause us to, to see the value in this book such that we, we develop a hunger for it? And if, if there are, are those here today, probably many of us, are stagnant, our faith has hit a, hit a plateau, we've not grown much, very much to, to a deeper place with you, we've not matured in our faith to the extent that we like, would like to or should have, and that probably is the case for many of us because we're not walking out what we already know to be true. Will you give us the courage to put feet on our faith and to put conversation to our beliefs, to give life to your word in the workplace, to give life to the scripture at the ball field, at the bank, uh, to give life to it at home, in front of our kids, grandkids. Would you help us to see the value in it in every facet of life, that we need to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Teach us to walk out the things we already know to be true and develop a hunger for more when we do that. You're going to feed that hunger. You will do it every time, every time, if we search for it. If we search for more information, that's just what we'll come away with. If we search for you, we're going to find that too. So, so have our hearts develop a hunger today for your word, realizing that everything in our culture, everything in our life, hinges upon its truth and its accuracy and its inerrancy, the things it has to say and teach us about you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.